So we'll be there this morning, and we're grateful that you're here to start off a new year worshiping the Lord. We had a group return. What time did you get home? About 8 o'clock. Go ahead and get get anybody who was on the trip up here with you. Anybody who was on the trip, come on up here with me. Okay. Come on. All leaders, it's going to take a little more effort for them to get up and move. I believe in you. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Understood. So we don't have everybody here this morning that was with us on the trip. We had 24 of us go, which was awesome. Uh, We had some amazing parent leaders. We had Matt and Mitzi Spurlock. We had Mr. Charlie Garnett. He loves it when you look at him, so (laughs) And we had Miss Jennifer and Mr. Brad Logue. They were awesome. They're hidden behind the behemoth teenagers. All right. Um, We had, what, two, two and a half vans. I say half because we had a minivan that was like the luggage van um, go down. And we just want to pause and thank you all for your support um, to pray for to help with financially, to just encourage our students. This was a great trip. It really was. Um, We left, I forgot what day we we left. And uh, Thursday. (laughs) Thursday, thank you, (laughs) Mr. Bill. We left Thursday and we drove straight down. It felt like, didn't it feel like the longest trip ever? But we made it and uh, we arrived in Johnson style late. And, um, and so we got in the back, but it didn't matter because there was a party in the back. It was good. We had, who did we hear first? Ann Wilson. She was awesome. If you guys haven't like seen Ann Wilson or heard her, Gracie Lovely is Ann Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seemed like her only, she was four seven. So Gracie's much taller. And, um, and then we had Torin Wells and that was great. Um, he was he was really good, and we had an excellent speaker. All of the speakers were phenomenal. So smattered in between these great concerts, they had uh, pastors that would get up and they just they brought the word, not silently or quietly. They brought it, and they really challenged the teams this year and the leaders to be the church, not pretend to be the church, not come to the church and. Uh, play a game, and just enjoy company with one another, but to actually be activated enough to go find those that are literally walking off the cliff into hell and to bring them and rescue them because we've been rescued if we've forgotten. We've been rescued. And, um, and so then we had little to no sleep, and we woke up the next day raring to go, and we had a speaker, and who performed? Do you remember? <laughs> new song. They've been around for a long time. They're the ones that organized this event in Winter Jam. That was great. And then we had a break and we got to go to the NASCAR speed park. Guys, it was such a smart decision. We pulled in and there was a fire truck and an ambulance. And I was like, good choice, Kasia. And so um, we walked in and then Mr. Brad, you, you found out from the workers there uh, that one of the workers, I, I, I don't think it was that time, but he got run over by a cart. <laughs> up to the neck. He was fine. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, and then, but he got his foot run over or something, and he just, he, they were checking him out. But apparently it happens to the same worker a lot, but he still works there. So we, we beat each other. Who's the best racer here on the stage? Oh, <laughs> we've got a competition here. Colin feels that it is him, in fact. Yes, I, I got behind a guy who, like, spun around and stopped and the competitive like Jesus loving side of me was like and he was like what are you gonna do so I was stuck on the track but we were blessed we had a a young woman a young girl with us whose parents operate the Chick-fil-a and they donated meals to us so that night 
we, we got our meals provided for us, which was a blessing. And then we went back and we heard KB, who was really good. If you want to see the kids jump, just take a sweatshirt and swing it around your head and slam it down. And then they'll just go crazy. It's a little secret. And then um, we heard Casting Crowns. And that was, I really enjoyed that concert. And then we went back and we came back the next day. More speaker, uh, more chapels, the, the worship. And um, I guess the main takeaway for me you guys all had different ones. They all had favorite memories. Um, but was that, you know, the Bible says that um, we're supposed to go into all the world, right? And, and teach them about the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And, um, and they said, why wait for a calling when you've been commanded? And it just hit me. I mean, that, was, that was big. Why wait for a calling when you've been commanded? That's all of us. That's not just people that have been called into ministry. That's anyone who has said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. We've been commanded. So now we have a job. So church, pray for them because God is working on their hearts and challenging them for the next steps for this year. And so we just need to pray that God will show them clearly what they're to do in their next steps. Um, we love you guys, and we thank you for moments like this. It was a great yeah, conference. Let's pray for you. God, we uh, thank you for safety Thank you for partners like First Baptist Trenton helping us. And Lord, I pray for these young men and women that they'll raise up to be champions. Thank you for these adults that took time away from downtime at home with family to travel and to be a blessing. So Lord, uh, lay your hand upon them. Let 23 be a great year for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Give them a good hand. Amen. Do you have your Bible open to Psalm 147? Do you have your Bible open to Psalm 147? Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you this year as we worship to bring your Bibles. Now, I realize some of you use digital. Understand that, okay? But if you're using digital in worship and looking at other things than the Bible during worship, that's displeasing to God. Don't you give God halfway this year. Step all in, amen? Step all in. And I tell you, you're gonna see God do some things in your life that you didn't know was possible because you're, you're living in obedience and you're surrendered to what he wants to do. So I don't know about you, but I wanna get 23 off to a good start. I want, uh, we, praise the Lord for the good start in worship. Uh, Marsha, even, we even sang my favorite hymn. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Uh, I mean, we have good intentions when the new year rolls around. Uh, we started off with celebration. And there's expectation, a new year in front of us. Uh, and then there's Motivation. I recently read about a fella who said, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna invest long-term in it, but I'm gonna invest short-term. I'm gonna open up a health gym for about 11 days because that's when everybody gets their membership. That's when all of us are thinking, I'm gonna get in shape. Anybody with me or am I by myself? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose some weight, I'm gonna get in better shape, I'm gonna eat better, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be more healthy, and, and we have all the good intentions and expectations, but after a little while we recognize it's work and we lose our motivation. The passing of a calendar year seems like the perfect time to turn the page and move forward, and move forward. Those that have been baptized this morning have illustrated the importance of following through on a commitment, a life-changing declaration that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. And you might be sitting here today, and you're watching these baptized, young and old, and you're thinking, boy, I wish that's something I need to do. Well, at the end of this service, I will give an invitation, and you come. Quit putting off excuses and saying, okay, I need to take that step of commitment. And God will honor that, and I hope that you'll do that this morning. As we get to Psalm 147, Psalm 146 is really really something uh, that we should consider. Look how it begins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. I will praise the Lord, the psalmist says, verse three, do not put your trust in princes nor in the son of man. There is a thread here of praise. And Psalm 147 is a great place to begin a new year from the pulpit of this church. Look how it begins. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Now, I believe probably if some of us would have been with the youth down in Pigeon Forge, we would have thought, holy cow, this music is rocking. Or we would have said, holy cow, this isn't for me. We know what? To a jam-packed auditorium or convention center of young people, that praise was good according to God, pleasant according to the word of God, and beautiful according to the word of God. Folks, listen to me. Sometimes we spend so much of our time as Christians critiquing everybody else that we don't even praise the Lord ourselves. And I'm telling you, if we're not willing to praise the Lord on earth, heaven is gonna be a very uncomfortable place for us. So I wanna challenge you as we think about a new year, maybe turn the page of your praise for the Lord. You'll say, Brother Greg, what are you talking What are you talking about, Brother Greg? Raising your hands? What are you talking about? Clapping your hands? I'm talking about just feeling free to worship. Don't worry about what somebody thinks. But be reminded, just because you raise your hands doesn't make you spiritual. And just because you stand there unmoved at all doesn't make you any more spiritual than anybody else. It comes to God knowing our heart. It comes to God knowing our heart. And folks, I don't want to be restricted by tradition, I don't want to be restricted by the past. I don't, be, I don't want to be restricted by how I was raised in church. But I do want to praise the Lord more than I have been with my life. 
I mean, if you would have told us in March 2020 what was in front of us, I would say you're crazy. There's no way a church, there's no way we're shutting down and nobody's going to tell us to do it. But over the past three years, we've lost 27 members. And for some of us, we acted like there was, like it was a big conspiracy. I don't see that when I go to a graveside. Our bodies are failing. Every breath we take, we're getting closer to eternity. And the good news is, we have this lifetime to praise the Lord because there is an eternal life awaiting the believer where we will spend with the Lord King Jesus forever and ever and all the pain of this world's gone. I praise the Lord for that. So in verse 1, Psalm 147, he says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. It's pleasant and praise is beautiful. There are two things here. You see the focus. Praise the Lord. That's the focus. That's the focus when we come together, to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of the kids had on shirts that said, Just Jesus or something like that. Is that what they say? Okay, just Jesus. How many of you believe this morning he's enough? He's enough. And, 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 if, and if, I, if I didn't like anything that happened this morning, we heard about Jesus, and he is enough. The focus should always be the Lord. When was the last time you had your eyes checked? And I mean that in a respectful way. Uh, I mean, I don't advise you to ask uh, Chief Spurlock that if he pulls you over. Or go to a basketball game and sit in the stands and holler that at the referee. But, but what I am saying is, when you have your eyes checked, uh, you know how they'll flip it and they'll say, better, better, back and forth, and they'll go back and forth, and then you have to pick it. And, and there were times when I had my eyes checked that, that I saw the uh, chart on the wall when I sat down before the doctor got in there, and I was trying to memorize the letters. And here's what I've discovered. If you're going to get your eyes checked, you might as well get help and be honest because we want to see better. And the focus of our praise should be King Jesus, the Lord. Listen to me, Sunday school teacher, those of you that faithfully serve in the nursery or children's church, the focus of your time with those kids should be the Lord. You're never going to get it back, but I'm telling you these young people and these kids will never forget you because you taught them about Jesus. You know, really, Psalm 147.1 is a compilation of a few other psalms. Psalm 92.1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Psalm 135, verse 3, praise the Lord for it is good Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. Psalm 33, 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. So what happens? The devil's not pleased when we focus on the Lord. He'll do whatever he can to distract you. He'll, ever, he'll do whatever he can to distract you. Uh, for a long time, Dell Hoover's been our, my, our accountant. That's, we'll, so yearly, I'll take the taxes in, 
here in a little while, and every time I go into Dale's office, his desk is perfectly clean. Those of you that have a desk for work, don't you wish we could do that? And I said, Dale, how do you keep, and why do you keep your desk just in pristine shape? He said, how would you like to walk in here, Greg, for me to do your taxes, and I had every other, everybody else's business on my desk? What he was saying is, I'm focusing on you. I'm focusing on you. When we come together to worship, the focus should be King Jesus. And listen to me, church. I'm going to do a better job of making sure we do that as a church. I'm going to do a better job as your pastor of making sure that when we worship, when we come together, when we're in small group, that we're going to focus on King Jesus. See, the devil's not pleased, and he certainly isn't pleased when we don't focus on him individually, on the Lord, but what about when we don't focus on the Lord corporately? The Bible said in Psalm 133, verse 1, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So when we come together with our focus on the Lord Jesus, King Jesus, the good news is God is wanting to do something in our midst. So it says praise. Circle the word praise the Lord. It's where we get the word halal, hallelujah. And it's interesting that the Old Testament translation of this word means to be clear. So our praise should be clear. It means to shine to boast, to celebrate. So our praise is to be clear. It's to to send a clear signal. Our praise is to be a spotlight on King Jesus. Our boast is to share in what Christ has done in our lives. And as we celebrate, we show. It's evidence, it's fruit. It's the overflow of a life that God is living through us. So the Bible says the description of this praise that pleases God is pleasant and it's beautiful. So getting off to a good start in 23 means that once again, worship becomes a priority. As God gives us amazing grace, And even here in 147, with his covenant people, Israel, we are reminded of what God wants to do when we come together. Now, now listen to me. This has become a concern for me. This has become a concern for me. That what took place in 2020 has become the standard for many. Meaning that online church is is where I'll support and, and what I'll do. Now, folks, God has done some amazing things online. I remember, Nathan, I remember the first night we were together, don't you? Folks, we didn't have any kind of video stuff, but thank the Lord for an iPhone. And I remember they pushed this over here to the middle. Nathan came in, and he popped up a tripod right in front of me, and and, uh, 
we're like, like testing it out, and they're looking online to see if we were really online, and, and that camera light goes red, and I'm like, Shazam. You all remember those days, those awkward days, and how God brought people, has people in our church that has some background with stuff, and all of a sudden it got a little better and a little better and a little better, Okay. And, and we're still trying to work through things. I know some folks will say, hey, we didn't get all the service. And there was a reason for that. We didn't tape all the service. Um, probably because of a copyright issue. And uh, so we, we recognize that stuff and we're trying to work on it. And, and folks, let, let me ask you to do this. If you've ever worked with electronics at all, you know that from time to time they act up. Let's don't make it, let's don't take the focus off of King Jesus when something weird happens in the service. Are you with me? If a microphone squeals, microphones squeal, don't they, Tim? If batteries go out, it's because Tim didn't check my battery. From time to time, from time to time, stuff like that happens. And what the devil wants us to do is just completely get off track and forget that we're here to worship Jesus. So Psalm 147, for me, when it says, praise the Lord, it's good to sing praises to our God. I'll talk about that in a minute. But getting off to a good start means that praise is going to be a priority. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, I can praise the Lord at home just as much as I can at church. I don't doubt that. But let me ask you that are here today, how much of your Bible did you read this week? How much prayer took place at your house this week? Man, when we come together, you encourage me. Amen? Look, look to your right and just tell somebody, thanks for encouraging me. Look to your left and tell that person, I'm glad you're here. There's something about corporate worship. And the description of praise is that it's good, it's pleasing, and it's beautiful to the Lord. Now, at this time, Israel was oppressed and downhearted. Some commentators say they believe that Psalm 147 may possibly be following uh, the exile, and they're now back at home. The temple has been rebuilt, and they're praising the Lord. Mark your Bible. Let's go to Psalm 137. Psalm 137, just a couple of pages. This psalm was written when, when the Jews were in exile. They were not in their homeland. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We wept when we remembered home. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How do you praise the Lord in a foreign land? How do you sing the songs of God when life is tough and when maybe 2022 has been the hardest year of your life? How do you do that? 
you remind, you're reminded of the grace of God and you're reminded of the promises of God. That's the good news. That's the good news. Now, go back to 147. The Bible says the Lord, verse 2, builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. The brokenhearted. Have you ever had your heart broken? Mine was broken last night at about 11.58. But let me tell you something. We're not talking about a football game. We're talking about real life. We're talking about life and death. We're talking about having your dreams smashed. We're talking about your family shattered. How do you sing the songs of Zion in a world of heartbreak? Well, we come to church and we smile, don't we? Oh, we look good today. Everybody looks good. I know you folks that just got back from Pigeon Forge are dog-tired. But a lot, of, a lot of you are. Some of you have had a good time off and you're ready to go back to work, and some of you wish you could continue to be off. We've got family who are there when no one else is. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Brother Greg, you're describing somebody else. We don't have that. We took our grandsons bowling Friday. And when we got to Richmond, um, they put us down together and we were setting up, having a good time. Then all of a sudden, in came some folks from Camden. And a couple siblings together with their kids. And I recognized them, and what I did also recognize is that one of the families has had a little boy with special needs ever since he was born. And I'm telling you, what I witnessed and the love I saw in that family blessed my heart beyond measure. Because they'd been there for all the heartbreak. They've seen all the surgeries. They've, Tim, they've seen it all. But what a great day and great time they were having. You say, boy, Brother Greg, uh, I wish that could be our family. Folks, it doesn't have to take trauma like that. For some of you, all it needs to take is a phone call if you want to start the year off right. Oh, they burnt me and I'm not calling them and I wasn't in the wrong. I get it, I understand all of that. But what I'm asking is, do you want to start a year in bondage to something that's happened and cannot be changed? I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody runs to the front of the line wanting to do it. What I am saying, that there is a God who can heal the brokenhearted. So much so that the passage from Isaiah is used, in, I believe, in the book of Luke. He heals the brokenhearted. Jesus is enough. 
Maybe you're here today and you've been let down. Maybe you're here today and you've been lied to. Maybe you're here today and you've been overwhelmed. Anybody ever get overwhelmed with life? The Bible says in Psalm 51, verse 17, it's the prayer of David uh, following his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. He recognizes what he's done. He's broken the heart of God. Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, will you not will you not despise, uh, broken. The word broken here means crushed. A crushed heart God can use. Contrite, it means to collapse. It means to crouch down, like you feel like you can't even go another step forward. God can use that kind of heart. What does Isaiah say in 61 verse 1? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. For those who can't do anything back for me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Those who feel as if no one understands what they're going through. To proclaim liberty to the captives. There's freedom in Christ. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He can handle any addiction that a person is willing to lay at the foot of the cross. So this morning when you look at Psalm 147, uh, look at verses uh, uh, creation, verse 4. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Let me tell you something. We need to quit using terminology like this. Old Mother Nature uh, frowned on us this week. Old Mother Nature's been good to us. Let me tell you who's in control of Mother Nature, the king of the universe. The king of the universe. Some of you are farmers. Some of you work outside, and the weather is crucial to what you do or drive in it. It's it's, it's pivotal that you know what's going to take place. But how many times is... Carl Nichols been wrong. That's a Dayton name for you Cincinnati folks. How, how many times has that weatherman not been right and something does happen before it should or doesn't happen at all? Well, there's one who's in charge of it all, who we're called to trust. He's the author, he's in the storm, he walks with us through it, and he's on the other side of it. Now, the psalmist in Psalm 147 really kind of speaks to our heart a little bit. Verse 6, the Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. You see in verse 5, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, but he lifts up the humble. I mean, what impresses the Lord? Oftentimes, it's not what impresses you and me. Look at verse 10. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. I believe he's referring to an army, military power here. That doesn't impress the Lord. He's the one who's in charge. Not the things of men. So when we think about praise this morning, oftentimes what we think is praise is not praise at all. Um, you know, we're, we're singing a song. I've seen it, you've seen it. I've probably done it and you've done it. We're singing a song. 
There are the words. He's even asking us to clap our hands now. That's not praise, folks. That's not praise. Let me tell you what that is. Arrogance. When we come to worship, here's what we're saying. God, I need you. I need you. Lord, I can't do it. I can't carry the load. I can't fix this. God, I need you to do a work on me from the inside out. So the Bible says it's not a powerful army that impresses the Lord. This passage says, verse 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. So when we come together, we have a privilege. And I'm gonna do a better job, I promise you. I'm gonna do a better job of keeping us on track. And if I straighten you out, it's not because I don't love you. It's because we've been derailed by a devil who wants us to just go through the motions. To me, this morning, and to Cody, if we're not praying and studying, we're pretending. We're acting. To Marcia and everyone involved in worship, if we're not seeking to glorify God, we're performing. If we're not praying, there's no power. There's no power, and we shouldn't expect any. But when we are praying, folks, I'm telling you, that's when God sends revival. If you're not singing when we're worshiping, most likely you're standing around critiquing somebody who is. If you don't bring your Bible to church, you're not expecting anything. Come prepared, come prepared. When I was a junior in high school, played varsity, the reserve team was getting ready to play at Carlisle High School. They came down to me and said, Greg, Donnie Dobson has forgotten his shoes. What size do you wear? I'm not giving up my shoes. You know how hard it is to get sweaty shoes on? No, I didn't say that. I started untying them. No, no, they weren't even out of the bag yet. They were up in the locker room. Went up there, gave him my shoes. You know what I told him? How does a ball player come to a game with no shoes? You weren't prepared, and you must not have been expecting to play. And brothers, let me tell you something. Sisters, let me tell you something. When we come to worship, praise is not some gimmick. It's the focus of why we're here, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And when we leave today, and when we leave a worship service, uh, listen, there are some things I can guarantee you from the pulpit of the church. You're going to hear good music. There's going to be a Bible-preached message. But what if we just continually hear good music and Bible-preached messages, but we never get anything out of it? Most likely, it's the fact you're not prepared. So my prayer and my challenge for all of us this year as we begin a new year is say, okay, God, I am a blank slate. I am a whiteboard with nothing on it. You've forgiven me my sin. 
I, I'm, I'm trusting in you. 23 is in front of us every bit of the way here. I don't have a clue of what you have in store. This may be the hardest year of my life. My health may change. God, I don't know what's going to happen in 23, but I know one thing. You're faithful. Your word is true, and you will carry me to the end regardless of what this world does. That's the good news. Uh, let, me, let me speak to our senior adults. My prayer is that you don't live 23 in fear. Don't, don't live in fear. You say, really, Greg, you're not going through what we're going through. You will maybe one day, but not, you don't get it right now. Listen, give your fear to the Lord every morning. His mercies are new every day. Wake up and, and, and let them feet hit the floor. Sit up in that bed and say, Lord, this is Private Jackson reporting for duty. Don't know what you have for me today, but help me be obedient to your order. Um, Keisha mentioned command. Uh, I, I, what was the wording? Um, don't, don't pray about a call when there's a command. So what does God want us to do? He wants us to respond. He wants us to respond. There's no greater way to begin 23, first of all, than knowing you're saved. If you've never given your life to Christ, today's your day. Okay, today's your day. I loved it when I was in the, the Spradling home the other day and uh, knew that Olivia was planning to be baptized and was looking at uh, Danny and those, those boys. And uh, Evan, has, uh, Evan had been baptized following Bible school last year. Think about, think about the impact Bible school has had on the Spradling family. Right? Bill, that, uh, that missionary Marty, that missionary Marty, uh, that, that, that faithful teacher that wrestled them boys all week. Is that your class, Owen? Was Owen in anybody's class in here in BBS? Susie. Okay, Susie. And Susie, you wouldn't complain if it was the worst thing you ever did. But your faithfulness that week, I mean, you got to see a family baptized today because of some seed of what God did. So, so here's, here's the thing. Don't give up. Don't quit. Let's just be faithful. And let's really focus, 23, when we come together on praising the Lord. I'm praising the Lord. Well, Brother Greg, I'm not going to praise the Lord unless we sing out of the hymnals. I love the hymnals as much as you do. Marcia does. We all do. But if we can move your head from here to here, then maybe you'll open your mouth. That's where that all came from, folks. So, so let's just use these tools God's given us to praise him. And I'm not going to think my praise is any better than yours we're serving the same God. We're worshiping King Jesus. Amen? What I am saying is he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise, and I'm going to give it to him. So the best thing you can do to begin your new year is, first of all, know that you're saved. If you're here today and you don't have any assurance that if you were to die, heaven would be your home, we're going to stand and sing in a minute. I'm going to invite you to come, and we're going to have a prayer right here together, and you can nail it down. You can nail it down. Maybe you're here today, 
and you're saying, I just, I need a new start. I need a new start. I recognize it. I realize it. I want it. I desire it. I'm gonna ask you to put feet to your faith this morning. Come and get on your knees and say, God, here I am. Give me a new start. I'm asking you, give me a new start. Will you have your way? Some of you saw these baptized and said, I need to do that. I don't know why I've waited. You come and say, Cody, Brother Greg, I need to be baptized, okay? Father, you know every heart in the room right now. You know what's going on in every life. My prayer is that your Holy Spirit would speak. God, just help us 